WOND Pleasantville. Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving our nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 17 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And if today is your first time joining the program, I want to welcome you and just share with you the heart and the idea behind this program. Serving Our Nation is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. And I just want to unpack that for a minute. What does servant leadership really mean? Well, if you get any of my emails or if you look at my post on social media or just see the logo of the program, you see in the background a flag, and that is in reference to our country, but then you also see a cup and a towel. And so the cup really tries to get after the idea of providing for someone, almost if you would look at the restaurant analogy and say that a waiter or a waitress is going to come and bring you a beverage or a cup of your drink of choice. And then you see the towel, and that's a servant's towel. So if you think of, again, looking at a restaurant, a waiter or a waitress in a high-class restaurant might have a towel draped over the arm when they bring you that beverage. But when then you look at the context of servant leadership, you can take that a step further. That cup can symbolize providing for someone's needs, giving them whatever help that they need that you can provide. And that towel is getting after caring for them. You have the example of Jesus Christ, and one of the greatest things that he ever did for us besides the crucifixion is give us the example of how to serve other people. And he bent down and got a towel and literally washed the feet of the disciples. And so that is what we are called to do as human beings, as people on this earth, is to love and care for each other. And it's what we read in John thirteen thirty four, Love others as I have loved you. And so the whole point of this show is to give you that hope and encouragement by having people on each week that give you examples of servant leadership and that can show you how when you honor God, blessings just naturally follow as a byproduct of that service. And you've seen that in many examples of people in previous episodes. Uh, In the military, you heard from Command Sergeant Frank Sorco in recent weeks, and I want to give a shout-out to him. He recently just got back from his deployment. In business, you heard from Melissa Fitzgerald, a famous actress, In faith, just last week, Chaplain Justin Cohen. In the community, the president of Haven Women, Lieutenant Commander Kristen Leon, and in family, my friend, Mr. Danny Nolan. And all these people show that when you see a need, you feel a need because all of us have a special gift and we're called to serve each other. So just a little bit about me. I was raised Catholic and I've had an opportunity to serve with many chaplains and that has led me to have two very special guests on. And today is a very unique and special show because both of these guests are going to be on at the same time for both segments. So I have Mr. Ray Capon. He is the nephew of Father Emil Capon, who is a candidate for canonization. And I also have Mr. Scott Carter, who's the coordinator for the Father Capon Guild and the coordinator of Capon's Men. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Drew Griffiths, who helped me to get these wonderful guests on. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by both 
Mr. Ray Capon, and Scott Carter. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Jersey's News Talk, 1400 WOND. You are listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm honored to be joined here today by Mr. Ray Capon and Mr. Scott Carter. Gentlemen, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Both of you? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> So, guys, there is so much to talk to you about. And first of all, I really want to thank both of you for taking the time to be on the show today. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, wanting us to be on. Thank you very much. Well, the first thing that I have to ask is, what is the proper pronunciation of Father Capon's name? Is it Capon? Is it Cape? And I've seen different things online, and I've been pronouncing it different ways in preparing for today's show. What's the right way to say it? <laughs> Okay, that's the most asked question I get. Uh, I mean, I, I a little bit of history behind it because my my grandmother always wondered why it was pronounced, why it was, everybody was saying Capon, and my dad was kind of the same way. And and um, I grew up saying Capon all my life. I mean, my brothers, my brothers and sisters actually still say Capon, uh, but uh, I know several of the POWs, uh, and also I said my grandparents were, you know, didn't understand the whole Capon thing. Yeah. And several of the POWs, when I, it's, uh, mainly Mike Dow, who was a very staunch, very staunch supporter of uh, Father Ramel and a very staunch believer in him. Uh, when I met him, uh, when they did the dedication out in Pilsen for the statue, uh, I introduced myself to him as Ray Capon, and he, he got upset. He was like, I don't know where you're coming from with that name. He never said it. He always said Capon, and, wow. and I, don't, I can't see why you're saying that. And um, so when the Medal of Honor was, was coming up and they asked us how to pronounce the name, uh, my dad was already passed away. So I asked my mom, you know, how we wanted to do this, and, and her comment was, well, we have a moment to, to make it right, whether anything will change or not. So that's why we went with Capon, and I've stayed with Capon, and everybody I tell is Capon. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Good deal. I appreciate that history. That, that's a really good context. So we're going to talk today about Father Capon. And I guess one of the most important things to really start with is some background on Father Capon. Like, where did he grow up and what were some of his early assignments as a chaplain? Uh, well, I can do as far as the growing up part and some of the chaplain that Scott can kind of fill in. I mean, he, I mean, he grew up on a small town. Him and my dad, it was the only two in the family. My dad was uh, seven years younger than Father Amel. I grew up on a small farm about two, two and a half miles outside of Pilsen, Kansas. Uh, I mean, like my grandma always said, father always knew what his direction was. I mean, he always, his faith was always strong. His devotion to the Virgin Mary was always strong. I mean, I, I, he knew from an early child where his, where his fate was going to be and where his life was headed. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I, I'd let Scott kind of backfill in as far as on the chaplain side of things is where he came into that side of things. Yeah, Scott? so I think you know, with his desire to be a priest, he also had this this missionary spirit, this missionary calling, and uh, he didn't end up being a missionary in the traditional sense. But uh, I think his his role as a chaplain was a way to do that to serve this group of men who. Um, you know, maybe needed a priest there with them, needed someone religious to, to be able to keep them tied to their religion and living their faith. And uh, he, he he loved it. I think it was a challenging work, but um, it was sent to 
Burma and India towards the tail end of World War II and didn't see a lot of fighting, but it kind of whetted his appetite. And when he got back to the diocese after the war, he, he served for a couple of years, uh, did some further studies, but his heart was with the military, and so he was able to uh, um, to uh, get permission to go back and serve as an officer or chaplain in the military. He served down in Texas at uh, Fort Bliss for about a year, and then was sent to Japan, and that's when the Korean War broke out. So I uh, saw saw a lot of action over there, and that's mostly what he's known for, uh, as well as his time in the the prisoner of war camp. Okay, so yeah, can... I don't think Father saw it as a uh, as a ministry. I think I think he just saw it as what he needed to do and what he felt that he thought was right. I, I see it as, like Scott said, I see it as a ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think his thought was he could do a lot more, like what Scott was saying. He could he could help a lot more souls by being a chaplain uh, than he could being a, a parish priest. So, can you unpack a little bit of what happened to Father Capon in South Korea and what he did there? Well, a lot of, I mean, a lot of the stories, and, and I, I, I will always give praise to the POWs that came out of that camp because uh, without their stories, we never would have known what all went on. Um, I mean, the, the Medal of Honor side of things, uh, his, the, his citation for the Medal of Honor was, became about because of the, the Battle of Unsan uh, when the Chinese overran, overran their encampment. And actually, they were ordered to retreat, and Father was ordered to retreat, but because of all the wounded men uh, that were on the battlefield, and Father knew as well as everybody else did, and anybody who was wounded, the odds of them surviving and, and or just being killed was probably 100%, and Father just wasn't going to leave them. He, he said he wasn't going to go, and he stayed with them and, and went from one to the other. Um, Herb Miller was the one who actually the citation was awarded for when he saved Herb Miller's life by uh, when a Chinese soldier was getting ready because Herb Miller was had his ankle shattered and was on the ground and a Chinese soldier was getting ready to, to basically kill him, had a gun pointed at his head and uh, Father Amel walked over to him and pushed the Chinese soldier out of the way and picked up Herb Miller and carried him uh, pretty much carried him all the way to the prison camp. Wow. That is really something. You know, it makes me think of uh, the logo I have for the show has the scripture verse of John thirteen thirty four about love others as I have loved you. And when you think about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that sacrificial love that he's willing to die on a cross for the sins of humanity, that sounds a whole lot like what Father Mill was willing to do in this story. Of he willingly gave his life to save Herb Miller. That's 100% correct, but well, and I, I and I, I don't want to take a ton of time, but I know there's a story that my dad always told that when Father Amel was uh, going to uh, Seattle to ship out to Korea, um, he had told my dad when he stopped in at the farm, he told my dad that he didn't think he was going to be coming back from this war, and he wasn't saying that in a sad way. He was saying it as as kind of stating the fact that he knew that he he wasn't going to come back, and I think that's what gave him the passion and the. And the the not having a second thought about just doing what he needed to do was that I'm giving my life for a better cause. I love that. So what happened in the prison camp? You mentioned that the POWs were a big source of information about Father Emil's life. Can you unpack about a little bit what his ministry was there in the prison camps? Scott, do you want to go with that one? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's... Um... It's quite remarkable. In some ways, I mean, it's very ordinary things that he would do. Uh, but the remarkable thing is the conditions that he did it in and the fact that he did it day after day. 
And uh, to get an idea, the Battle of Unthon was November 1st, November 2nd, and starting to get very cold that winter in 1950 in Korea. Uh, the coldest winter they actually had on record, down to negative 30, maybe even negative 40 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And so women could die just from the, the cold. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, you consider all the other things, kind of a starvation diet, um, the disease, lice, and just the fact that in the conditions, a lot of men gave up hope and simply passed away. And so uh, Father Capon, what he did is he saw it as his mission to make sure that the men didn't give up. And he did that in, in two ways. One, by serving the needs of the body, uh, and then the other by serving the needs of the soul. But he, he took care of the body first, and I think that's what really you know won uh, the men's hearts over and encouraged them because they knew that he, he cared for them completely. And so he would... Uh, do things like wash their dirty clothing for the men that had dysentery and couldn't control their bowels. Um, he would actually go and steal some food or, or scavenge for, for food out in the countryside uh, when he could and bring it back and share it with all of the men. Uh, one of the, you talk about the POWs, um, getting to hear one of the men, William Funches, uh, share the story about how he was captured and had been uh, eating snow for about two months because he hadn't been given any water. And he sees this guy kind of messing around on the ground, realizes he's building a fire, and he waves him over, and it was the first time that he met Father Capone, and he said, here, would you like a drink of water? And it was just that simple, warm water that he had. He said, it was the best water I'd ever had in my life. Wow. Um, but those are the sort of things that he would do. And in addition to that, he would uh, sneak around to the huts at night and lead the men in prayer to remind them that the Lord was still with them and everything that they were suffering and that he wouldn't abandon them, that their families hadn't forgot about them, and that eventually they would be freed, and, and to keep up that hope. Um, unfortunately, he was, became very ill, both from disease and lack of sleep and giving his food away, that he ended up dying in the camp May 23rd, 1951. Uh, but his memory lived on, and the other men that survived him, and after a couple of years, one of the, when they were finally released, one of the first things that they did was they shared his story with the rest of the world, and that's why we know about him today, and why you know we're talking about him more than just the family. It's it's really become a national and even worldwide uh, story. This is really really touching me here because right before you gentlemen came on, uh, I was briefly talking about the logo for this program, serving our nation. And if you've taken a look at it, there's a cup there, and it talks about provision, caring for the body. You just said that that was one of the first things that Father Capone did was bring that provision. He would care for their body. And then I heard you say that he would wash their clothing. And so the other part of the logo is the towel and this idea of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples and quite literally washing away the sin of humanity. There is so much parallel between what Father Capone did and the legacy of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for humanity. So it's no surprise to me at all that Father Capon is being <laughs> considered a candidate for canonization. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think one, one I think something that just recently happened um, is actually we lost one of the POWs, and actually it was one of, it was William Funches who Scott was just talking about. He passed away, I think, split Thursday. Um, and one of the things that I saw, and, and, and I've been in touch with all these guys, and, and they're all in their 90s, but one of the things I actually saw and heard, because uh, William Funches was a Protestant, mm-hmm. and um, 
and I would say a, probably a very devout Protestant. I mean, he he believed his faith, but the family wanted to have him uh, wanted to have him have the the last rites by a Catholic priest because of Father Ramel and all that Father Ramel and how much Father Ramel meant to him. So that 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 really to me just spoke volumes. I mean, I had tears rolling out of, down my face when I read that, and just just how much Father Ramel meant to those guys, just incredible. Wow. Well. Gentlemen, for people that might just be getting on right now, or maybe they're not a Catholic or not familiar with what this whole process of canonization means, can you unpack that a little bit? Like what canonization is and what the stages are and, you know, what what it is between canonization, beatification. There's a lot of terms associated with this that people might not be familiar with. Yeah, it's well, it's complicated. And to be honest with you, um, even myself as a lifelong Catholic, I mean, I didn't know all of the details till till I started working this job. So, um, yeah, in some ways, too much to to get into. But um, canonization is basically the step where someone's kind of added to the the canon, which is kind of the unofficial list of saints. Uh, right. Obviously, we know that anybody in heaven is a saint, mm-hmm. uh, but there are certain people who live such exemplary lives that the church holds them out to say, like, yes, we can be certain that they're in heaven with God, that they're really an effective example of living the gospel, right? Um, and as such, you know, they can help us in a special way with their prayers. Mm-hmm. Their, everything goes through Jesus. It's all his grace. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that wins our salvation, right? But... Um, he works through us here on earth. He works through the saints in heaven is what we believe. So um, the long process, basically, uh, serving to God is the first step. And uh, at that stage, the, the local diocese or, you know, um, where he was from, um, the region where he was from, does a very thorough investigation of his life and his writings, uh, his teachings, articles about him, interviewing people that knew him, basically trying to find out whether he lived a life of heroic virtue um, or, you know, whether he offered his life, as Christ did, um, for others. And after this investigation, which we turned up, I think, about 8,000 pieces, pages of information, some of it was his childhood diary, some of it was his um, his paperwork for the Army, you know, not necessarily super exciting stuff in, in the paperwork, but some of it was really uh, fascinating stories and details about his life and his exploits and all of that. So we've conducted all that, sent that over to Rome. They have different um, kind of committees that, that go through this process, and eventually the Holy Father kind of puts a stamp of approval saying, looks like to us that he lived a holy life. Um, he's named Venerable, but at that point we want more than just our earthly standards. We want some, you know, ex- supernatural um Backups and supernatural evidence that he's in heaven, and so that's the point where uh, most people have heard that the miracles come in. And so, uh, once he's made venerable, they can start looking at potential miracles that, again, through Jesus, it, it, the power comes from Jesus, but through uh, the intercession of Father Capon, um, we've got some some miraculous healings and uh, stuff that's pretty remarkable that shows that God's still at work in the world and through this through the servant of God. And so. Uh, we need two of those basically to get to one to get to blessed, the other to get to saint. So again, a little convoluted, but um, I've, yeah, an exciting process. So we have about a minute left in this segment. So just quickly, can you share with us how many people would you say are currently designated as saints in the Catholic Church, and you know what are maybe some of the benefits or the outcomes of actually being deemed a saint by the Catholic Church? 
Sure. So, um, you know, to be honest with you, like the the official list, I don't know. I mean, maybe a couple thousand, maybe up to five thousand. I, I, it's not a ton. Okay. For the United States, there's thirteen, and I think only three or four of those were born here, and and none of them were men. Um, so there are four blessed as well. So there's um, there's not very many from our country. So I think having someone who is local that people can recognize, say like, hey, he grew up not too far from me, lived a life similar to mine, held similar beliefs, you know, loved God and our country. Yeah. Um, to be able to hold him up as a model is is what we're hoping for. Amen. Well, gentlemen, we're going to be going to a commercial break, uh, but stay with us, and we're going to continue the conversation right after uh, we come back from commercial. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Mr. Ray Capon and Mr. Scott Carter. And we are talking about Father M.L. Capon, a candidate for sainthood. Gentlemen, you still with us? Yes, still here. Great. Thank you for holding on during the commercial. So we were talking a lot about Father Capon and kind of his journey through ministry and so forth, but there's a whole lot of other things to discuss about him. One of the things I was reading about was something called Capon's Men. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how it gets started, and what it's for? Yeah, I'll take that one. Uh, thanks. Uh, so part of what I do for the diocese is help kind of coordinate our Capon's Men and uh, really is just a grassroots effort of men who had been meeting uh, in a church group um, down in southeast Kansas, um, one of our parishes, and uh, they did a retreat, and really Father Capon had, had come into the community in a strong way and touched uh, several members' lives and potential miracle and uh, really had a ripple effect on the community, and they just thought, you know, here's a guy that we all look up to. We want to emulate. We want to be more like him and his faith and his service, and how can we do that better? And they'd done some other video series and everything, and they, they kind of thought, well, heck, why not? Why don't we see if there's any interest uh, in doing a video series on his life and his virtue? And reached out to some people in Wichita, and um, long story short, created this video series. And from there, they're like, well, we can't just keep this to ourselves. We need to share this. And so um, several groups have, have popped up, uh, dozens of groups have popped up, around the diocese, uh, men meeting together uh, for some uh, formation, some fellowship, some prayer, and just uh, really building one another up. Uh, and it's it's spread as well um, to other parts of the nation, and there's, there have been groups that have popped up elsewhere. Uh, but it's also something that we've just shared the video content with, uh, with other people. Uh, we have four different video series, kind of more or less uh, based on his life and his, his virtues, his spirituality, We've got one on, uh, yeah, the Virtue Series. We've got one on stewardship, one on the Beatitudes. He, one of his um, lasting things that he gave to us was a short meditations on the radio on the Beatitudes while he was in Japan shortly before being sent over to Korea. Wow. Uh, and then the, the pilgrimage, an annual pilgrimage, walking pilgrimage that happens each year. So uh, it's just a, kind of a great resource, but really the, the 
the idea behind it is just just as he inspired men in the prison camp, encouraged them to bond together, to help one another out through their difficulties. It's the same thing that we're doing here. That is great. But how many people would you say are part of Capon's men right now? Oh, it's hard to hard to say the numbers. I mean, um, you know, in the diocese, uh, definitely in the hundreds. Um, beyond that, uh, in the thousands. But those who have been touched by it, you know, even just for maybe a couple months or you know several months going through the series, it's it's hard to say. Definitely more than that. Wow. So I was also reading about something called Capon's Guild. What is the difference between Capon's Men and Capon's Guild? Yeah, so Capon's Men is basically, uh, you know, the men's side of thing, formation mm-hmm. kind of meeting. Right. Um, again, it's inspired by him, but not necessarily totally 100% focused on him. Um, the Capon Guild is basically all the supporters, those who are interested in his life, interested in uh, his cause, his work, supporting that um, and so we've got a website, frkapon.org, fatherkapon.org, and um, you know people can check that out. But uh, we've also got a great group of um, primarily ladies uh, at his home parish, his hometown of Pilsen, Kansas, that help run a small museum there. So when people want to visit his home church, uh, learn more about his museum, see some of the artifacts, they can hear about his life and, and do that. So uh, they're really wonderful and do a great job of telling his story. So the Capons Guild, if I'm hearing you correctly, is more of a memorialization of his life and his ministry, and Capons Men yeah. is doing something about it, right? Like putting that life and ministry into action and continuing the legacy. Yeah, is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody that's listening right now wanted to watch those video series that you talked about on virtue, stewardship, the Beatitudes, or the pilgrimage, where would they get access to that? Yeah, so the easiest place is to go to kaponsmen.com. It's K-A-P-A-U-N-S-M-E-N.com. And um, we've got a link to, like, all the, the different videos there. And the first one, I would highly recommend, if nothing else, at least watching the first one uh, from the Virtue Series. It's about 35 minutes, but it goes through his life. It features the Medal of Honor ceremony. It features two of the POWs. Uh, that were with him. And it's, it's Ray's in there as well. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it's definitely a great way to learn more about his life and everything. So, uh, yeah. So it's not just the video series, though, if I understand it correctly. I, I think I was reading that there's also a podcast about Father Capon. Yeah, so same thing. So that's with Capon's men. And um, last year when the pandemic happened, we were looking for a way, obviously, to still kind of help support and um, encourage the men who – come to our meetings and so we decided hey let's do a podcast and talk to certain people and long story short we we started recording it and um uh turn it into a podcast so they're not all about father capon but it's holy conversations and people can uh hopefully gain something on it and then we we like to feature a story about him every now and then or someone whose life has been more inspired by him directly so uh, some good stuff there as well it's called the foxhole with father capon Wow, I love that. Or we say caping on there because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's up, where man. I first got confused, Scott, because when I first talked to you, you said caping's men, but then I heard from Ray Capon, I was like, all right, I'm missing something somewhere. Yeah, no, well, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really funny because, uh, you know, every time we have uh, Father Emil Day or Father Capon Day out of Pilsen, Kansas, uh, we all go, they're in hometown parish for Sunday, June, matter of fact, but he just had it. 
Um, and it's funny because that, like Father Hatsi or whoever the priest would be up there, you'll you'll hear it pronounced different way every time. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's really kind of funny. And I, and I look at it as you know, it, it's just a pronunciation of the name. It, it, it doesn't designate how he lived his life. And, yeah. I mean, there's there's Cape and Mount Carmel High School, which I don't think they'll ever change how they pronounce it. It just um, and you get people in Pilsen will say, you know, Cape and Capon, and so it, it, it's 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 just a pronunciation. And and I, like I said, it, it's it's not a fight that I'm. <laughs> that yeah. I, you know, I'm okay either way. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. This is important. So, Cape and Capon, whatever you want to call it, tomato, tomato. If somebody is listening and they say, "Wow, you know, I am really inspired by this story of this chaplain, and he's a Medal of Honor winner." and he's a candidate for canonization, I want to get after it. I want to start, you know, emulating the kinds of things that he did and so forth. How can people get involved in Capon's men and the Guild and just be a supporter of what's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, so for one, um, you know, Sharon, I mean, really, the Guild, the cause, uh, what they told us our work is now is to share his story and to pray. To encourage people to pray, you know, asking for his help, to pray for his his cause, and so those are the big things. So, you know, even if you're not like necessarily identified by a membership card or something, um, you're part of the work. Um, I think again, all of this revolves around um, emulating Jesus, and yeah. Saint Paul says, um, "I hope I'm getting this right." You know, imitate me is I, you know, imitate the Lord. Yeah, uh, the same sort of thing with him, and so. Uh, definitely to check out the website. You know, if you're ever in Kansas, uh, check out the museum. Eventually, his remains will be coming back in September, uh, so you can visit those uh, in Wichita. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, just checking out that stuff online, sharing about it with someone you know. Um, there is more info if you you are interested in starting a group or sharing it. Um, yeah, you can find that online. And speaking of remains, Ray, didn't you just go out to visit his remains recently? Uh, actually, we're in Hawaii right now. Uh, we're going to be uh, going over tomorrow uh, to the DPAA to uh, see the remains. We flew in yesterday. Um, I, I didn't realize how emotional it was going to be, um, and today has just been kind of. I mean, like I said, we're <laughs> here in Hawaii, but it's just it's, it's been a roller coaster of emotions right now. Just being this close, being this close to him because I I I never met him. I mean, I was I was born in '57. Uh, father died in '51. Um, so I'll, I will be meeting my uncle for the for the first time tomorrow, which is uh, yeah, quite a it's a definitely an emotional time that is for sure. <laughs> so I, I'm really curious, like, what is that like for you to be the nephew of a guy that was a Medal of Honor recipient and is being considered for canonization by the Catholic Church? Like, do your friends know about that history of your life, and you know, maybe other people that you work with or such? Like, how do you live up to that? I guess that's part of the, um, you know, part of growing up. I mean, we always knew about Father Emil, uh, but my parents were both very much, very much wanted to keep it, but stay humble about it, you know, not to, not to you know, put any focus on anything. And, yeah. and it, it, and guys, as growing up as a kid, I mean, you hear about it all the time and I wouldn't say you become numb to it, but you just, you just get used to it. You don't, you, you don't even think. And I think Scott can attest to it as well. There was a lot of years where, you know, Father Emil's name really, you know, the Capon name really didn't mean all that much. It was a high school, you know, named after him. But, you know, even a, several, not a lot of kids, but some kids didn't even know what the school stood for. Um, and it really wasn't until 
I got to know who Father Engel was, and and that probably for me happened in between uh, between grade school and high school, and I happened to find the uh, the Saturday Evening Post magazine that Mom had that was kind of shoved away, and I actually read Mike Dow's article, one of the POWs, who was extremely extremely close to Mike or to Father Engel. And when I read that, and I was just a young kid, and I had tears streaming out of my eyes because I realized how much these, how much Father Engel meant to them, how much these guys loved him. And I got to see him, I got to see him as how I like to see him now, as a person, as a priest, as yeah. a soldier. And in my regards, he's already a saint. I mean, I, I, all all he's waiting for is a designation, but he's he's already proven himself a saint to me. Yeah. So, Scott, I mean, same type of question for you. I mean, you are the coordinator for the Capons Guild and the Capons Men. I mean, I, I would have to assume that you feel some kind of burden or weight for running these two organizations associated with this man. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, easy in some ways to talk about his story, to share it, because people are fascinated by it, right? And people want to hear it, but uh, the hard work comes in actually, you know, imitating uh, his joyfulness, uh, his hope, his cheerfulness and service, not complaining, but just being willing to do this, again, the, the dirty things day in and day out the, yeah. um, that uh, make up, that make, you know, make holiness, right? It's not big things, it's faithfulness to a, a lot of ways, the small little things. So Absolutely. I think um, it, it's easy to talk, but it's a lot harder to, to do and to imitate. But um, knowing that you see did it, uh, knowing really just, I mean, being in touch with so many people who are inspired by his life and from all over the world, I think is inspiring to me and just invigorating to me, reminding me that, hey, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is <laughs> the real deal. This is something that uh, I need to follow, that I should follow, because if there's this many people interested in it, um, yeah, I need, to, I need to always stay on top of my game, too, as best as I can. Amen. Well, I don't do that super well all the time. <laughs> Most of the time, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Gentlemen, we have about a minute left, so I just have one last question for both of you. And I'm just really curious your thoughts. You know, maybe there's a young chaplain or a priest or, you know, maybe just somebody that's starting out in ministry. And if they go off to combat or maybe they just find themselves in a perilous situation in a dark alley or whatever the case may be, what advice would you give to them knowing the legacy and the story of Father Capon? What advice would you give to them of how they might be able to step up to kind of emulate the work that Father Capon has done? I think for me, I mean, kind of like what Scott was alluding to a little bit, um, Father led by example. I mean, that's the one thing that's always inspired me. Uh, he was not a you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that and point and tell. He would just do it. He would just he knew what needed to be done and he would just do it. And he inspired so many people to go ahead and join in and doing what he's doing and go ahead and go down that direction that he's doing. Um, and then that's what I try to do as well too. Is it, it, it's easy for everybody to talk and say, oh yeah, we can do this and this, but lead by example. And yes. if I was going to give anybody advice and follow what Father Amos' life was about would be lead by example yes yep never give up hope God's always at work even if we can't see it gentlemen it has been an honor and a privilege to have both of you on today I cannot thank you enough for sharing everything about your lives and the story of Father Capone and his legacy for people to look at and see the love of Jesus Christ through him thank you very much it's been an honor being on your show I appreciate that absolutely thank you for the work that you do thank you gentlemen 
When we come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guest. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's just briefly reflect on what we've heard from our guest. We heard from Mr. Ray Capon and Scott Carter about the life and the service of Father Emil Capon. And there is so much to unpack here. But just the highlights, what we heard is everybody has a calling. All right, I talk about that week after week in this show. But you heard how Father Emil knew his calling at a young age, and he knew what it was that he had to do, and he knew what it was that he was going to achieve. And even his father, he knew that he was not going to likely come back from the war because Father Emil knew what he was called to do and that he was going to go there and just love and serve people and probably wasn't going to come back because it was a war, and he, that's where he was called. And then when you look at how you can serve people through your faith. Again, just going back to that example of the cup and the towel, you heard how Father Capon wanted to serve people body and soul. He would wash that dirty clothing as Jesus washed the feet of the disciples and wiped away our sin. And then Father Capon would go and scavenge for food, that idea of the cup, the provision, right? Jesus Christ giving the body and blood at that last supper. And I love how when Father Capone would always talk to people about not giving up because he would always emphasize to people that the Lord is always with us and we should always care for each other in a way that Jesus did. I mean, that applies in any faith group, right? Never give up. And so then you look at how you serve in the military. Father Capone received the Medal of Honor, the highest recognition that you can get in the United States military. And he did that not because he was able to kill a bunch of enemy soldiers. He did that out of a sacrificial love. He went and he saved the life of another soldier and put that soldier's welfare above his own. And so regardless of what your giftings are, the point is we can all serve in different ways. And some of those ways might be helping someone find God, you might be able to help someone in their own life. You might be able to give them a towel or some food to eat. And the most important thing that I heard them say was that Father Capon led by example. His life is a testament to the love and the example of Jesus Christ. And so when we look at Father Capon, you see a man that's a Medal of Honor recipient. You see a man that's up for canonization. We can look at that man and say, that is a man that lived the good life. That is a man that I can look at his example and try to do the type of things that Father Capon did to love and to serve others. Absolutely incredible. Really enjoyed having these two guests on today. Just want to reflect very quickly. Every week I talk to you about when you put good into the universe, good comes back to you. So for the last several months, I've been working on a book called Serve. And the whole point is the same as this radio show, to serve is seven exciting reasons that volunteering is for everyone. And I recently had an opportunity to submit a 25-word hook or an opening statement 
for that book to a writing competition. And now that I'm now in the semifinalist round for that writing competition. And so that just goes to show you when you're trying to do something good for other people, writing that book to get that message out, good comes back to you. And so I would just ask you if you would come alongside me and just pray that that continues to go well and that God would just continue to bring provision for that. Last thing, next week, great guest coming up. Mr. Al Lambert, he's the cousin of Father Vincent Cappadono, who is another priest that is also up for sainthood. And I have the privilege of having my good friend, Chaplain Gordon Grossclose, come on the show next week. He's a chaplain, he's a retired colonel, and he's a father with an incredible testimony. And so those two gentlemen will have a very full, very powerful stories to share with you for Father's Day next week. I want to remind you to sign up for my Spotify and Apple podcast mailing list through my website at reverenddrpaul.com. That's R-E-V-D-R-Paul.com. And you can check out the show tab for other previous episodes of this program, and you can check it out there. As you go about your week, no matter where you're at, always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. This